Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. Here in the United States, you have the Magi uh, as part of the Christmas story. And that's why we're telling it today, December 24th. But in Argentina, Uruguay, even parts of Mexico and other Hispanic countries, um, we actually celebrated this on January 6th when all the children would put the shoes out waiting for, during the night, the Magi supposedly came and left gifts on your shoes. And you actually had shoe boxes full of hay for all the camels to eat. And I mean, you really lived this story of the Magi, and that's when we actually got gifts. We didn't really get gifts on on Christmas. Was there a reason... In particular, for January sixth rather than January five, January seven. Well, January the, the calendar, the way it works uh, for this feast, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't know. Uh, we don't even know when Jesus was born, actually, no, Christmas no. Day. So the calendar works with a certain amount of days after the birth of Jesus for the Magi, give them the time to actually arrive. <laughs> okay. But of course, we don't know because they, actually the Bible says that by then they were already in the house. Yeah. You know, they, they are there and etc. But that was the custom. This is the way it was celebrated. And it was the most um, joyful day for a child because that's when we got our gifts on, on January 6th in the morning. Well, that, that is fascinating. And today we are going to study the, uh, the visit of the Magi. We find this in Matthew's Gospel, the uh, second chapter, as um, we talk about their visit to the Christ child. Yes. And this is actually a very strange story to be in Matthew because don't forget that these are people that are not Jews. Matthew is the only one that tells this story. Yeah, Matthew is the most Jewish of all the Gospels, mm-hmm. and he's writing to convince the Jews of the fact that Jesus is the Messiah, and yet in the midst of this Gospel comes the story of non-Jews coming from the East, uh, magi, uh, wise men who have been studying and, mm-hmm. and are come looking for this king. Yes, and actually a lot of people say that this story is not true, that Matthew made it up, but we have a rule called the rule of embarrassment that says that somebody would never make something up that, that would be embarrassing to mm-hmm. them. You know, like Jesus showing up to women in the resurrection morning first before yeah. before men. So that's the rule of embarrassment, right? Yeah. Well, in this case, the first century church would have never made up a, a story that has magi, astrologers, and magicians as, as witnesses to the Messiah King. Yeah, why would you choose them uh, as yes, witnesses? Yes, if you're going to tell a story. Yeah, yeah. and especially if, if this gospel is being uh, written primarily for the Jews, it would be some, if you're making up a story, it's got to be some Jewish leader. Yeah, and Matthew many times add this little sentence that says, they will come from the East and the West, even to stories that all their Gospels have. He adds the sentence to show that the, the kingdom of God is bigger than the Jews have imagined. It's, it's for everyone, and, and he wants to make sure that everyone understands that, so that phrase is added quite often. Yes, and so here we have some people that do come from the East, literally, in this story, and they will come asking for Jesus, and we're going to start this fascinating story in Matthew chapter 2, verse, verse 1. Verse 1, it says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. 
Well, this is such a loaded narrative. Almost every single word has a meaning. First of all, we're told that uh, Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. Yeah, because there's more than one Bethlehem, but we want to make sure that we that we understand here that this is the city of David, uh, Bethlehem of Judea. Yeah, when you hear Bethlehem of Judea, you know that this is the tribe and the territory of Davidic kings. Right. So right there, we already have such a forceful statement. But then, of course, at the same time, is is the time of Herod the king. So so the Magi come and say, where is the king of the Jews? Yeah, and that's a loaded uh, phrase for him because obviously he's on the he's lookout the <laughs> for someone who would be taking his throne because he is the king. Yes. And now he's, you're looking for the king of the Jews. Isn't that me? No, we've seen yeah, a star yeah. in the east. You don't have a star, we're sure. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. so we, we've studied this in prophecy. Where is this man? Where is this baby that is born to be king of the Jews? And it's very interesting because they say on verse 2, we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. They yeah. They say what is the motive of the visit, but they say we saw his star. And mm-hmm. where, where, you know, where did they get this from? There's actually uh, believed to be a prophecy directly uh, related to this in the very beginning of the Bible, in the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 24, uh, verse 17 is where we find this. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come forth from Jacob, a scepter shall rise from Israel, and shall crush through the forehead of Moab and tear down the sons of Sheth. See, this is very interesting because most people are not familiar with this prophecy, no. but they're familiar with the men that gave it. Um, the prophet here is Balaam, is, is, the, is the person that had the strange uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> dialogue with his donkey, remember? And, and, and uh, Josephus, the historian, calls Balaam a magi. He a, says magi that, also, a magi also, the same thing as this. And if you look at Numbers chapter 22, you will see that Balaam actually had come from the east. Yes. And, and the similarities with the story are striking. An evil king hires this uh, magi from the east mm-hmm. to, to doom the people of God and instead he blesses them. He blesses and them. so it's almost like an identical story to the Magi and it looks like the Magi it is believed that the Magi actually got the prophecy from, from Balaam, Balaam yeah. because they don't have all the prophecies of where Jesus will be born in Bethlehem no, I mean, and they, all of that. They obviously know that he's supposed to be born but they don't know where. Where, correct. So they've come to the capital city looking for him asking around so where, where is, is he supposed to be born and That's Herod right. is of course aghast at this and uh, worried about, about his own kingdom and so he calls in the uh, the priest and the people to tell them where indeed the Messiah is supposed to be born. And of course, uh, we have then two groups of people. All of a sudden, we have a tale of two kings, the king of the Jews that they're looking for, uh, that the Magi from the East are looking for to worship him. And then we have the king, uh, the current king, with mm-hmm. all the scribes and, and Pharisees and, and priests that are getting together to study the scriptures. Uh, and they tell him this is in Micah 5.2, the prophecy that says in Bethlehem. Yeah. Now, of course, Herod uh, doesn't want to worship him. Uh, he tells the Magi, tell me where he is, because, of course, he wants to kill him. Yeah, but, of course, it would not do to tell these kings from the east, by the way, show me where he is so I can kill him. So, obviously, he's going to be a bit dishonest with them and say, you know, if you if you find him, let me know, because I want to come worship him as well. Now that I know that he's born, that he's born in Bethlehem, I'll come join you. You know, for me, it's so unbelievable that God reaches out to us exactly where we are and, and who we are. You know, these men are part of what is called a, a priestly caste. 
West is is mm-hmm. is is uh, they were the wise men of the East. You know, the book of Daniel in the first two chapters talks about this priestly uh, caste where the kings actually relied on their advice and their wisdom. That's right. He would call them in if he had a dream. He would call them in mm-hmm. if there was some problem. And if he was about to go into battle, tell me the future. Will I be successful in this battle yes, or not? The and then they would come in and, and try to predict for him what the future yeah, would be or is, interpret the dreams. They're not just the palm breeders. Like people no, say, oh, no. astrologer. No, these are people that have studied a lot. They, 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 the wisdom the, that they have in their culture. They, they were the philosophers and the scientists of their day. Correct. And they're looking up at the sky and God <laughs> meets them there. For me, it's unbelievable that God would uh, reach out to all these people, like to Pharaoh in Egypt, mm-hmm. you know, some way to Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon. I mean, God is always reaching out to everyone. In, in Daniel's book, he, he calls some of them uh, that they were astrologers. Uh-huh. And so, yes. uh, obviously, they're, they're looking for meaning in the stars, and that's not where we as Christians find it. We find mm-hmm. meaning in Scripture, but mm-hmm. still God used the stars in order to get their attention so that he could speak to them. Yes, it's, an amazing it's interesting thing. because it, the stars actually eventually to, to the, the Scriptures, yeah, because, yeah. because mm-hmm. now they have to ask, and they, they have a prophecy. That's right. Well, uh, then when they leave Jerusalem, um, they see the star again. And they, it says in verse 10, I love the superlatives, like don't have enough words here, Matthew, doesn't have enough words for what they experienced. They saw the star and (laughs) what do you have in your Bible? It says they rejoiced exceedingly with great Great. joy. And of course, (laughs) I like it. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Did I say that they were happy? (laughs) (laughs) He says it several times in order for us to get the, the idea that they are just thrilled beyond belief, thrilled beyond words. They are rejoicing before God because they know that something very exciting and very important is happening here. Yes. They may not fully understand exactly what this what means, it is, yeah. but they know this is big. This is huge. And great, as you know, in, in Greek is mega. So they're experiencing this mega joy and they come into the house. They see the child finally after all their long journey from the east. And they just fell to the ground and worshipped him. And they give him um, very interesting gifts. Yeah, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And it is thought by many that these these are more uh, symbolic gifts than uh, than anything else. Yeah, well, they're typological. Some people say because gold is for kings, and here's the king of kings. Mm-hmm. And then frankincense, uh, it, it was for the priest, for the priest, and here's the priest of priests. And myrrh was used for the sacrificial lamb. Of course, Jesus is the ultimate sacrificial lamb. But the truth is, through these gifts, God provides for Mary and Joseph while they were in Egypt all this time. Can you imagine that yeah. he would plan this so much yeah, ahead they, of time? They had no money. This was a poor family. And so when they had to, to escape to Egypt, they had to finance this trip some way. And so these gifts were what they used in order to make sure that they could not just get there, but live while they were there and then be able to return. For me, one of the amazing things about this story is that Matthew does not mention this title for, for Jesus again in the whole um, Gospel of Matthew, King of the Jews, until, until the, the very cross. end. Yeah, until the cross. In chapter 27 of Matthew, both Pilate calls Jesus King of the Jews, Jews. and then, of course, on the cross, he has King of the Jews, because this title that is given at the very beginning of his life will be the title for which he dies at the very end. Having died for treason because he is indeed the king of the Jews. Um, so I, it is an interesting story because it tells us that the, that God has reached out to people and has touched them wherever they are in order to bring them to an understanding of the truth of who Jesus is and so that they can experience this salvation. It's not just for the Jews. It is for everyone. Regardless of race, color, creed, it is for you. Actually, I'm sure you heard that it's always said that wise men still seek him. But the truth is that he seeks wise men. He's always reaching out to us. 
and he's seeking for that wisdom that is within you. And he's saying, I am here for you. Come, let's reason together. I've got a deal for you. Your sins are scarlet. I'm going to take them away and give you something that's white as snow, my character, my grace. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus101institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus101media. Until next time, live free.